0: Frank, have you ever heard of the sophomore slump?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have a big rookie debut, sports or otherwise, and then uh, there's a lot of expectation on you next season and then sophomore slump, uh, you kind of regress a little bit, right?
0: Correct. And this happens often in music, but you know who it didn't happen to. It didn't happen to Bobby Brown.
1: That's right. First album, not so uh, not so hot. Second one on fire
0: on fire. Don't Be Cruel by Bobby Brown got five stars from all music. Besides this being a sophomore album, a five-star sophomore album, the song we're doing today wasn't the first single, wasn't the second single, wasn't even the third single. This is the fourth single off that album, and it is a banger.
1: Absolute banger. (laughs)
0: And so we found the one friend of ours who actually owned the Don't Be Cruel tape back in 1989. We're bringing back Sir Dave Kitchen.
2: It's great to be back, fellas. This is my uh, eighth appearance on the podcast, and I'm hoping I I didn't have a sophomore slump. I've had seven in a row, so I'm hoping the eighth gets me out of the trench. Yeah, Bobby Brown needed two albums. I need eight appearances, but I feel like this one is really going to hit home.
1: Well, we'll, uh, we'll see. Still on probation a little bit here. <laughs> so, yeah, let's talk about Bobby Brown a little bit. So, this is his second album. First album, uh, was it King of Stage? Kitch?
2: It was, yes. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so, that was back in 86, I think. And that was right after he left a little-known group called New Edition, where he was uh, one of the one of the lead singers, if not the lead singer. Well, I
0: gotta say, when I watched VH1 Behind the Music, they said Ralph Tresvant was the lead singer, and Bobby Brown didn't leave. He got voted out of the band.
1: Yeah, you know what? There, there's a bit of uh there's a bit of uh, drama going around. I think the management team. Uh, I've I read something about uh, his departure, and the management team apparently, according to Bobby, were spreading some rumors about him.
0: Yeah. They said he was doing drugs and stuff, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And he said, like, just like, yeah, we were, we were kids and we, we were up to no good, but we weren't into drugs. We weren't into booze. We weren't into women.
0: Oh, yeah. So, Maurice Starr was the one who put them together, right? That yeah. was the original. So, he did New Kids on the Block as the white new edition.
1: Yeah. And New Edition releases their, what, their first album in 81 or something like that. Uh, Candy Girl is their first big song. Yeah. Yeah. They have a good run of things for about five years before Bobby leaves.
2: Yeah. I also read that uh, he didn't get enough money. He was un- unhappy with the amount of compensation he got. And he said in an interview that he got all he got was $500 in a VCR <laughs> for all the years, for five years for of all the touring years. and oh. all the albums. But it was a beta. That, that was the final insult. Yeah.
1: Well, VCRs were really yeah, expensive back in the early 80s, right? <laughs> so that, you know. Like, I, I still don't think he got paid enough, but, like, let's not thumb our nose at VCRs.
0: Well, you know what? After Don't Be Cruel comes out, he had all the money in the world. Apparently, he would just stop cars he liked on the highway, give them cash, and drive it, and then just leave it parked somewhere in the city. Are and Get serious? back on the... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, wild That's times. fantastic. Yeah. To be rich in the 80s. Yeah. Hey, listen, let me tell you something. This map my and I can do what I want to do.
1: So the album number one for eleven non-consecutive weeks in 1989. Do you know what album was number one for one week that knocked it out, but then "Don't Be Cruel" regained its uh, its throne after a week hiatus? Rick Astley, "Appetite for Destruction." Oh wow! By uh, Guns N' Roses. Okay. Yeah, that was also
0: the same year, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Wow. 88. They got one look at Slash in that stupid hat and they're like, no, let's go back to Bobby Brown. Yeah, (laughs) we're done with this.
1: Kitch, can you walk us through what was going through your mind when you bought this album?
2: This was huge for me because I had just got a paper route. I was 12 years old and I, with a friend, had gone to the Penn Center in St. Catharines, Ontario and to the Hudson Bay Company and bought the tape. And it was the first time I'd spent any of my own money on, on anything independent, no parents, no anything, no guidance even, and had the album. And I was it's that moment of any kid's childhood where they're like, I can I do this? Yes, I can. I can do this. So I I feel that Bobby Brown is responsible for 50% of my personality as an adult. Yeah. Least, it was <laughs> the moment I really felt like I transcended some kid to to older kid thing within spending my own cash so yeah. of all the things i chose don't be cruel by bobby brown
1: do you remember the first tape you bought i remember the first cd i bought but
2: first tape i
0: bought was whenever you need somebody by rick astley and oh okay probably that same year
1: yeah 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 i'm trying to remember i i'm almost certain it was a sole provider by michael bolton for my first tape
0: wow okay said that, but that's near the same year isn't it it's 88 Eighty-eight. Okay, this came out in eighty-eight.
1: Yeah, well, that well. Uh, I mean, this
0: single is eighty-nine. Yeah. Okay, so we're around the same era,
1: I think Kitch wins with the cool factor. I bought Michael Bolton, so yep. I'm pretty up there, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thanks for saying that the 12-year-old Dave Kitchen was cool.
1: Yeah, because I, I think I definitely remember taping the song off the radio.
2: Oh, yeah. This is huge.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: yeah. the music video, incredible.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the album was like, it was a smash hit. How many, five singles? I think they all hit the top 10. So the first one was Don't Be Cruel. Then it was My Prerogative. That was the number one. Yeah.
0: Then there was Ronnie.
1: Yes, that's right.
0: The Every Little Step and then Rock With Ya. Yes. But You didn't get released until after On Our Own from Ghostbusters 2 came out.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. And that was just on the Ghostbusters soundtrack.
0: Yeah, yeah. So pretty incredible run though if you think about every little step followed by On Our Own. I mean, if you th- it's a run for all these singles. It's insane.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, 6 yeah, 6 uh 6 singles in about 18 months. Insane. Like, it's pretty fantastic, yeah. yeah. Now obviously we're we're talking about uh every little step here. Not the biggest of the singles, but it's the one that won him an award at least, right? He won a Grammy for best R&B performance, male R&B performance for for this song. His one and only Grammy.
0: And I would say this is his best song.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: This endures
2: like 30 plus years later. This is the one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What was uh what were your like your memories of this album?
2: My prerogative was the big song that I love, but this was it was my prerogative in this one with yeah. the two don't be cruel it was a cool song but but this one had that kind of mass appeal and the dance it was the danciest of them all and the rap
1: well yeah there's the rap yeah now the
2: three of
0: us all listen to different songs
1: well different versions yeah, of the yeah different right?
0: versions yeah three of us listen to different versions of this song so I listen to the radio mix and did both of you listen to the rap one yep yeah. Okay, and then there's the one that was actually on your album, which is slightly different. Slightly different vocal and an extra second verse. Oh, okay. Just to throw that out there. We yeah, can so, get to that.
1: So, we're going to do three podcasts, one on each version yeah, of this song, yeah. right? So, the way you can tell the difference between them
0: is what they say at the beginning of each one or what he, what he says at the beginning. So, yeah. I think the one that is on the album is just a... He just makes some sounds. But the radio mix is cal- calm, calm down, love. No, no, no. Calm yeah, down, right. love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there's where you know things are going. As soon as you hear that, you can expect either to hear rap or not, a second verse or not. Mm -hmm. But the radio mix and the rap uh, dance mix version, both are a bit more punched up than the one that was originally cut on the album. Yeah. So, a good move because I don't think the one on the album has quite the power. So, I don't think it would have done as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For on the the radio, right?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I do like the beginning of that radio mix where he says, now, now, calm down, love. And I have all these things written down. I realize now neither of you two are listening to that. (laughs) (laughs) Where it was like, what's he saying to her? Calm down, love. Well, why is he telling her to calm down? Then I realized it's just a thing he's saying. It's not... Yeah, it doesn't have to mean anything. It's
1: like the rap. The rap doesn't mean anything. It's just words.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we (laughs) got to spend some serious time on that. So, opens, though, with that classic poppy new jack swing yep and this is the ultimate i'd say pop new jack swing song
1: yeah it, it's it's right there like uh the song well and the entire album really was produced by uh la reed and, uh, and Babyface, right yeah. so and they they wrote this song this is right in the meat of the new jack swing sort of era yeah it, ha- it has all of those elements it has all those uh in this in the song if you listen to it all those uh orchestral hits it is basically a, an instrument in and of itself as the orchestral hit that they use all over the place. It must be programmed in the
2: synth. Oh, yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. It's it's uh, just hit it.
2: Ferris yeah. Bueller style of keyboard yeah. playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh should we talk about new jack swing as a genre or have you guys talked about
0: well frank's a specialist by that i mean i don't know anything about it comparatively
1: and by specialist i like it so um yeah i i i I won't claim to be an authority on it but i i really do like new jack swing as a a genre so Kitsch, do you have anything else other than saying i like it
2: uh no no, okay, I don't.
1: Fantastic! You're fitting in nicely here with our <laughs> level of uh, knowledge on music.
0: We did talk about it in the be Sure episode. Yes, because he's one of the
2: godfathers of New Jack Swing. So yep.
0: if you want to go to whatever it is we said, I'm sure it was really <laughs> thoughtful.
2: Well, it's the blend of rap and R and B, right? That's yeah. the, the introduction yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. I did not know that until I was researching. I just thought it was something that Bib DeVoe said a lot, but it's actually a real. Genre. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, there, yeah well, yeah.
1: there was. Well, Bobby Brown, um, and we'll we'll talk about a lot of these guys, I'm sure, uh, when when we bring up the mixtapes. But uh, Keith Sweat, Johnny Gill, Tony Tone Tone, uh, BBD. Um, oh, my, I'll be sure. I'll be sure. Yeah, there's there's so many Boys to Men. Would you put Boys well, boy, to Men? Yeah, Boys to Men was definitely uh, definitely there. Like, well, towards um, the end yeah, of it. Yeah, mo- well, at the beginning of it. Oh, oh, sorry, at the beginning of their career. Right. Uh, at the end of the New Jack Swing era, like a. Uh, uh, Motown Philly's obviously a New Jack Swing song, right? Um, right. Uh, Babyface was was big into it and everything, so it's yeah, it's it's all over the place. See, you do know a lot about it. I I know I know a lot of people that sang New Jack Swing songs. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's jump into the song a little bit. the The story that I have about uh. The song is L.A. Reed was um, uh, dating uh, singer Pebbles at the time, and he had an inspiration for um, for the song. And it's a song about really for falling for a girl in a big way. Like just, you know, there's a girl and I'm like all in, 100%, like jump in, feet first, don't think, let's go. Or I guess head first, I don't know. Or heart first? Can you jump into something heart first?
0: Well, you just said you're going to take a stride jump into love, which would be a very safe jump if you're going feet first. I mean, yeah. You're sort of holding your hands out. You're going to make sure you can- Keep your head, head above water. water. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're going head first-
1: Well, yeah. All bets are off. But if you're going heart first, that's like a belly flop.
0: So, which would be worth that? I think the the head first is the most dangerous. The most dangerous, Yeah. Yeah. But hard first. That's the one that hurts the most. Yeah, that's yeah. the last thing. Yeah. Yeah. Pain. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's
1: very profound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a profound person. Anyways, so L.A. Reed's on his way to, to go see uh, his uh, girlfriend Pebbles, um, not from the Flintstones, but actually the singer who sang a, a song called uh, Mercedes Boy. Uh, and he he got the idea for the song, like the opening of the song stuck in his head while he was driving so he pulled over and, and uh, wrote started writing down the lyrics of I can't sleep at night I toss and turn listening for the telephone so that opening those opening lines was was LA uh, Reed on his way to, to see his girl and uh, you know talking about falling for someone heart first
0: he says after he says listening on the telephone he says when I get your call I'm all now I'm reading the lyrics the yeah. official lyrics apparently when I get your call I'm all jumped up can't believe you called my home I thought it was choked up
2: that's what I have on this website' it wow, says choked, choked up. up
0: yeah my goodness Apple music what have you done know. Uh, I
1: yeah I'm listening I I got uh, genius lyrics on so does it say choked up choked up yep
0: okay so not like jumper cables but more like choking hazard yeah okay and as a matter of fact it blows his mind that she would even talk to him
1: because a girl like you is a dream come true, a real life fantasy. So I'm getting behind these lyrics, right? It, it's one of those, uh, I can't believe that, like, I have this amazing girl. I, I can't believe, like, this. everything's going awesome.
0: I, li- I like the uh, Bobby Brown's way of saying me. He says may that causes him to have to say fantasy <laughs>
1: to rhyme it. That well, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But then, uh, then I have what? Uh, what's the the pre hook or the pre chorus? No matter what your friends try to tell me, uh, we were made to fall in love and we'll be together any kind of weather. It's like that. It's like that. So, you know, if he's got this amazing girl, his friends, uh, maybe the friends are jealous. That's what I'm thinking. That's why they're saying that they shouldn't be together.
2: Seems like the the song takes a bit of a darker turn here because there's obviously some drama behind the scenes where the friends don't want it. And it seems like if he's that in love with her, he should be giving his devotion to her. But then when you get to the chorus, it's every little step I take, you will be there. And it seems like if it was truly... A love song, it would be every little step you take, I will be there.
1: Or maybe every little step we take will be together.
0: Yeah.
2: Hmm. But you he know? doesn't say that, does no. he? No. Almost like a little bit of a possessive turn there. You know, the girl, the friends don't like him, and then he's saying, "No, whatever I do, you're going to be beside me." So just wow. something to think about.
1: A little bit of foreshadowing, maybe. <laughs> <laughs>
2: How many times did he have to walk back the fact that he had a song or an album and a song called Don't Be Cruel? Every time things got crazy between him and Whitney, he must have had to just confront the fact that he has a song and an album called Don't Be Cruel.
0: this does make you think about the Whitney Houston Bobby Brown relationship even though it hadn't happened yet it yeah. Just, yeah it's it's like it's projecting into the future but I agree I didn't even think about that but it, but his uh, those lyrics are way more sinister in the course well, Frank you go for the defense here
1: I'm not defending necessarily but I I don't know there's an innocence maybe of a of a 20 year old Bobby Brown or a 19 year old Bobby Brown that's you know it, and he didn't write these lyrics either, right? It was a baby face in LA Reid that uh, that wrote this song. I don't know, like it, it's it, it's it's tough to defend, but at the same time, oh, I can't be one of those guys saying, oh, it was the 80s, it was a different time Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: In the rap and the radio version, that kind of sums up the musical lyrical part. Now, in the album version, the second verse goes like this. I can't think too straight. I'm all confused. You must have put a thing on me because there are no words that can explain I'm living in ecstasy. And you can best believe I got your back. You never have to feel no pain because I dedicate my life to you. You'll never look for love again. See, well, that's very sweet.
1: Yeah, see there he's less sort of possessive, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, you never need to look for love. Yeah. I'm it.
1: Yeah. Well, except no, he's kind of possessive there.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's on a roll there, but he does say he's living the ecstasy being with her. Yeah. And he's got her back.
1: Yeah.
2: One thing I got out of these lyrics is: "Do not call Bobby Brown the wrong name." He has many names in that rap that he does not want to be called. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I th- I think it's time we work through that rap.
1: Yeah, I think the rap is the is the what uh, everyone signed up for here.
2: Yeah, Kitch, can you lead us through this? Oh man! Well, first of all, everybody wants to know what's going down. Not with the James, not with the Jim, but the Bobby Brown. So, if there's already two names that he doesn't want you to call them.
0: All right. So, you got James Brown, who's like Godfather of Soul or Funk? Soul. Thank you. And you got Jim Brown, Godfather of Football.
1: You know, what? I, didn't e- I didn't even think about that. I-, I thought he was just picking names out.
2: Yeah, me too. And I actually looked up new edition. Because I thought he was trying to distance himself. Like, it might have been guys from New Edition. But yeah, now that you say that, that makes a lot of sense.
0: I hope at his current concerts, he says, not the Millie. As in Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things.
1: No. (laughs) I thought you were going (laughs) with the Millie Millie (laughs) Vanilla reference there.
0: (laughs) Also very odd she chose to call herself. She chose to use her middle name. I don't know. She's trying to, like, um, take advantage of the success of the Don't Be Cruel album. But I think she could stand up
1: on her own. Yeah. yeah, well, she's yeah. she's about thirty years late, but you know, give her marks for trying.
2: you definitely get the sense of this rap that we're in the infancy of the genre. Yeah, you know, and so he's making some really big stretches to make rhymes happen here, and I think the biggest one of all is the Freddie one. And, and he says when i'm on the mic don't you dare call me freddie because he's rocking it steady that's yeah. the uh, that's the rhyme so he has steady
1: yeah, I'm, I'm rocking it steady yeah 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 that's right
2: and in his
0: head it's just like what rhymes with steady freddie yeah <laughs> so he, didn't want, he didn't want to go with eddie murphy so no eddie yeah freddie
1: yeah
2: There are some some hallmarks of rap here that that he got in on the ground floor because he talks about driving a five hundred and sixty SCC whatever car I'm sure it's a Mercedes or a Benz or something. Some Mercedes Benz coupe. Yeah.
0: Yep. I watched a YouTube video on why it's such a great car. Fifteen minutes long. Not as exciting as this rap. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So, you know, that's a hallmark of, of rap nowadays is to brag about your excess your and stuff like that. So, he had that going on. And there was definitely him trying to, to, you know, identify his own self in the rap, which is also something that happens a lot. So, it's kind of interesting to look back on this and see rap in the beginning and see what stayed in rap yeah. and what hasn't. He does kind of give himself credit in terms of saying he's been on the mic a long time.
0: He's gone solo. So, he's he's referenced new edition. Yep.
1: He also, uh, calling out, uh, the sucker MCs, which was, I think uh, that was a, an early staple in, in, uh, or a staple in nineties rap a lot, right? Oh yeah.
0: And you know what I, I did like after he talked about driving the car, he says, he's driving down the block cause I'm blocking and lock, which isn't that referring to a dance move?
2: It's break dancing.
0: Yeah. Lock and blocking or locking, pop, and pop, lock. pop and lock. Yeah. All right. But do you think blocking is a move?
1: I'm going to say yes. I mean, if you watch the video, he's definitely a dance oriented uh, singer.
0: his rhymes stupid which is that self-awareness that you often don't get
1: is it self-awareness or that that it's stupid or is he like you know these rhymes are these rhymes are stupid they're they're like you know like when bad means good yeah
0: well because he's a friend of Michael Jackson yeah he actually compared himself a lot to Michael Jackson saying people might have been tired of Michael Jackson so they're ready for Bobby like ooh, that didn't that, age so well yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't really give a damn because his name is Bobby and not Uncle Sam. Yeah. I think he had a real great opportunity to have some thoughtful analysis of the 80s and how people were struggling in American society with the Uncle Sam thing, but instead, I think he really just wanted to rhyme with damn.
1: Well, I was I was wondering that too cuz like, okay, Uncle Sam, he's the like it's like I want you, right? Like that's that that was the slogan, the Uncle Sam slogan during during the war, during the draft and all that other sort of fun stuff. So so he doesn't want me. So Bobby Brown is he's not Uncle Sam so he doesn't want me. He doesn't want us. He is is that what he's trying to say is he better than everybody else? I'm inventing this as I go along. I <laughs> r- literally don't know what the next word out of my mouth is going to be
2: pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like Bill's take that it's politically homeless people left behind by Reagan's trickle yeah, down yeah. economics. Yeah. Yeah. He's reaching. <laughs> yeah. Reaching out. It could have been so so yeah. good. He had an opportunity. He was at his peak powers.
0: He could have made a difference. Yeah. Michael Dukakis had a shot. I mean, I know timelines are a bit off, but <laughs> they could have maybe sped up every little step rap version during the campaign, which I think was in 88. 88, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay shabba do wah oh yeah that's
1: that great uh, bridge line right shab-a-doo-wah, shab-a-doo-wah, shab-a-doo-wah. so talking about like the this rap portion again um so this would be like akin to like a saxophone solo or a guitar solo in uh in a in a rock song or an adult contemporary song it was it was kind of like that that is the place where it would be in an AC song or a uh, or a rock song, right? Yeah. And and I think uh, it, it was kind of a bit of a novelty because rap, like we said, was was in its infancy and and just really starting to get its own legs as a as a legitimate sort of form of of, of song and music and all that. But uh, so they kind of just all right. Well, we're going to throw a rap in here now. I guess it, it's similar to um, uh Shanice's "I love your smile." Because yeah. there's the there's the rap version in, in that as well. Yeah. yeah. But and those versions rarely made it onto the radio as the singles, as the radio singles.
0: Like On Our Own, the the one in Ghostbusters, which follows up this one, mm-hmm. opens with a rap. So if you're listening to this and then follow it up with On Our Own, it almost feels seamless, like it's the same type of song. Yeah. That yeah. one opens with the rap, so yeah. they had no choice but to play it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it describes the entire plot of Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then later on, you had the rap for higher stuff, which which you bring in people. So yep. Shanice did her own rap, which is yes. great. But then you had like, remember Snap? Yeah. The, I don't know if the guy was in Snap who did the rap, but they I got the power, and then yeah, the rap came in. Or on um, Friday, who sang that song? Friday.
1: Rebecca Black.
0: Yeah, they had that guy come in and do the rap. <laughs> I don't remember his name, you but think I think that had might a have killed. After that, eh? Yeah, I think that might have killed the guest rap possibly.
2: Come on. By is a school bus in front of me
0: favorite part of the song Kitch what's your favorite part
2: I gotta be honest before the podcast I, sw- I swore the song echoed something that Paula Abdul had done Yeah just hearing that sort of machine gun um, what do you call the drum machine I guess. Yeah. And those what is it, symphony hits? What yeah. Are they Orchestra hits. Sorry. Orchestra hits, yeah. And and just hearing that you get flooded. It 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 really is the sensory overload thing where you're back in the eighties. Yeah. Right? So just the first four bars of the song is yeah. all I need to be happy.
1: I listened to a great radio program on the history of orchestral hits and how it came out of, I think it was the late '70s programming on on uh, synths and uh, just sample ma- machines and like they're all over the place in the uh, in the '80s, especially in in uh, New Jack Swing songs. They are all over the place and, and it's it's fantastic to hear them and it just kind of makes everything pop a bit and feel classy because it's the an orchestra.
2: It's
0: My favorite part is the – we brought it up earlier. No matter what your friends try to tell you, we were made to fall in love. But the way he says love, is like a love. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's – and then it moves into we'll always be together any kind of weather. And then it's like that. It's like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's my favorite. Yeah, nice. And of course, the chorus is great. Yeah. But that part is leading into it because of that anticipation.
1: Well, it's, it's the setup.
0: Yeah. Bump, set, spike, right? Top of the roller coaster. Now it's just – Hands up in the air and you just yell, "Wee!" Yeah.
1: Music video. Yeah, let's. Yeah, music video. (laughs) Sorry, you you say music video. Bill said it. No, you you said it. I I was just like, music video, and I was like, yeah, music video. It's like Bill just said it. You dumb, dummy. Stop parroting everything. Music video. So, music video. Let's. Uh, looks like a Gap video, right? It does because the Gap used this
0: as the template for their commercials.
1: Oh, okay, in the uh, in the mid 90s or yeah. mid nineties, I guess. Yeah. So apparently,
0: this is what they used as their uh, inspiration.
1: But uh, not not a whole lot uh, going on. It's uh, Bobby with two male background dancers or backup dancers, I guess, wearing various eighties ensembles. Yeah. Singing and dancing in front of every little step in giant white block letters as there's three other like women strutting around.
0: And he's got like one of the outfits, he's got the spandex with
1: his name on it. Bobby. Yeah. I was, uh, I, the note that I have here is like spandex and suspenders question mark. And then he has his,
0: uh, the blazer. Blazer. Yeah.
2: With the shoulder pads to yeah. his ears. Yeah.
1: Did he wear that in my prerogative video too? I, think so i think everything was like really big back then right his hair well that uh that uh like gumby style fade that he has right
0: yeah so that was big and then there was the backwards running man the roger rabbit the roger rabbit okay and that was the other thing i remembered like he he, i mean he's i think he claims to be self-taught dancer is that true i don't know or does he have dance instruction he must have dance oh i shouldn't say that that's probably coming slanderous. up
2: through new edition,
1: probably would have been trained yeah, on all yeah. that stuff. Choreograph, yeah, like coaches or something like that, maybe. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. No, it was. I mean, there's not a whole whole lot about the video, but it's it is fun, right? Like he's having a good time. And like again, he's 20 years old. Like that that was one thing that this song, I remember listening to it when I when I was uh like 12 years old, and I just think it's like And yeah, when you're 12, a 20-year-old's an adult. But it's like, this is a song by an adult singer. Like, in my mind, he was 30 at this point.
2: Imagine uh, an album, a number one album, and five top 10 plus a number one, and you're 20 years old. Yeah. So
0: you must be thinking, my future is so bright. I'm going to (laughs) be a huge star. Everything's (laughs) going to come together. I'll meet, like, the most beautiful woman in the world who's equally powerful if not more everything will go so well for me
2: well that's a huge problem for him because he, he felt jealous in new edition and then he marries one of the most talented singers in the world who eclipses him yeah. in terms of not only her talent but also her fame and, and money and all that stuff so he's back in it again all of a sudden i know and then the escape is different right so he's does humping around a few years
0: later which does well i think it gets number one yeah it might but it, but it immediately kind of drops off and then i'll always love you is just waiting to come out and then it's yeah but the, it's a tough like just reading about them um their story just made me want to stop i think i just did because i was like this is just too depressing yeah. and too um tabloidy
1: yeah when when did uh when did bobby and whitney uh get together was it, it 92 it was, was it 92
0: 92 married they met at like the soul train awards oh, okay i think in maybe 89 or 90 oh, okay and so she had kind of tapped him on the back of the head oh okay. like that sort of playful yeah not a wet willy but i think like that yeah whenever that was done to me it was never by some beautiful soul singer
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> whitney whitney houston never gave you a wet willy no oh. no but uh, but yeah, so I mean, they they must have like they were together for a while. Then they got then they got married, and then like everything. Well, we know what happened. We don't need to rehash
2: uh, any of oh, that. Right. But it's uh, it's interesting to see the way they um, play it out in the media too, because he has his defenders, and she, so among the fans, it's like who corrupted who. Yeah, and and a lot of people are like, no, Whitney. I saw one comment where. Somebody said, like, Whitney, Whitney couldn't escape the streets and brought the streets into their their relationship. So you don't even know. And then, you know, by the time Mad TV gets a hold of it, and then you have, like, Aries Spears doing his bit of Bobby Brown and just shows them as a complete um, dysfunctional couple. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's a fan. The Mad TV ske- sketches are amazing.
0: Well, watching their trip to Israel on their reality show was just... Is just out of this world. Yeah, where it's funny at the time, and then you realize they're all on drugs, and it's like, oh, okay, oh. this isn't funny, and they have kids, and it's like, yeah. oh, this isn't good. But I mean, if she's the bad one, then the whole rap thing doesn't work so well because he doesn't seem as a like a bad boy.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that was uh that was what really kind of sold this album because I I didn't really listen to the King of Stage, but. He he comes across as a bit of a bit of a bad boy with this with this album and this song and and like that was the that was the persona that he was uh, that he was given at, at this point. I think that's kind of what helped uh, sell sell this uh, uh, this album for him, right?
0: Well, he got arrested for simulating. Oh, that's population right. Yeah. On stage. On stage, that's right. Yeah. And then then day he gets out of jail, he does it again on stage and just tells him, I'm gonna keep doing this. And so <laughs> he was the bad boy. I remember actually hearing about this and it was really scandalous.
1: Yeah. But this was at the same time that uh like Two Live Crew and NWA and all these yeah. guys, like like Two Live Crew was was pretty raunchy and NWA was just way more political than 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 anything but uh but yeah i remember hearing about all these like artists getting arrested at their own concerts for being like lewd conduct on stage and everything
2: it's so weird i mean like they were doing that to jim morrison in like the early 70s and stuff like that yeah yeah yeah. it's like 25 years later and it's still happening yep all
0: right
1: are you ready for some categories i got yep what do you got, Frank? Oh, I I I got myself ready for categories. Oh, okay.
0: Kesh, you ready for categories? I'm ready for categories. Okay. Should we just start with a mixtape to to kind of or do you want to end with a mixtape?
2: Um,
1: well let's let's end with the mixtape. Let, let let's see let's see how these uh cuz you got a couple of new ones you want to introduce, do. right? So. Yeah,
0: I got one that's a very specific. Okay. Okay, ready? Best second album by a guy who left a boy band. <laughs> okay i'm gonna list you some contenders
1: please i don't i don't
0: know any yeah, i had so many written here but i'll only give you a couple like justin timberlake his second album was future sex love sounds robbie williams was i've been expecting you unfortunately the third one really was the bigger one with yeah. angels on it so sorry robbie you're not winning anyways uh, hey, harry styles fine line or just fine line i think it's okay but again the third album is the one we're all about So, so far, I give this to Bobby Brown, but there is one singer whose second album is a bit better than Bobby's, and he also left a boy band.
2: Oh, I know where you're going with this. Are you going Thriller, Michael Jackson? That's correct. Yes. Oh,
1: okay. I thought you were going to go Jonathan Knight from New Kids on the Block. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, I, I had jordan night down oh, okay um jonathan never released a solo oh, did he?
1: Album, oh, okay i don't But know. <laughs> jordan
0: really only did one major solo album until later yeah and then i have donny osmond but i knew it wouldn't win nick carter's no and ricky martin his oh, okay. second album was still not uh yeah. the viva la vida one yeah that's that's cold play let's try yeah. that again viva la vida loca no viva la vida Loca. viva la vida loca just just keep saying. Viva la viva. Just, just, nope, just Viva las voca. Just, just, just <laughs> viva las loca. Just,
1: just keep going. You got it. Almost there. Live in the vida loca. Yes, I think okay, so. Thank you.
0: There we go. There's uh, that category went off smashingly well, <laughs> where I just told you all the answers.
2: <laughs> it's hard to beat Michael Jackson's thriller. That is a killer.
1: Yeah.
0: I spent a lot of time. <laughs> going through history of 1989
1: oh i have a bunch of stuff oh good
0: so around the time i tried to pick around between may july yeah era of 89 what was going on in history and then also pop history and sports history okay so do you want me to give you my historical stuff or do you want to throw some of yours in
1: well why why don't you why don't you throw yours out because you have actually done You've written them down. I'm just looking at a web page that tells me what uh, what happened. So. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's not what I did at all. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oliver North convicted of uh, the Orion Contra thing. Okay, I is.
1: remember when that was going on and having... I mean, I still don't understand what happened. but They uh,
0: ruined TV. We had to watch this thing. I was yeah. too young to understand, and it was super boring.
1: I remember our friend Nate, because uh, I was in elementary school with him. This is before... Uh, you met him at, in high school. But I remember him talking about it and just like, can we play tag or something? Because I don't understand what this is about. He was always smarter than me.
0: And May Noriega gets taken down by the oh, Americans. That's
1: right. right. And blasting their rock and
0: roll music. That's right. Blasted rock and roll music to get him out of his hiding spot. Yep. Tandem Square protests went on all around this era- this time period. Italy wins the Euro Cup. There's a happier moment.
1: Is it? Okay,
0: Aung San Suu Kyi gets house arrested for 21 years. Starts in. Uh, I don't know who that person is. Um, she's the one in uh, Myanmar.
1: Oh yeah, sure.
0: Okay. Oh, that political dissident. Yes. Oh.
1: <laughs> yes now I understand.
0: Calgary wins the cup over Montreal for uh, the Flames beat the yep. Canadiens. That was a tough one. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, Kitch. Yeah, I realized that you, you that wouldn't have been a good thing for you. Kareem Abdul Jabbar retires. That's right. After yeah. the Lakers lose four straight to the Detroit Pistons.
1: Oh, uh, I know. That was tough for me. I was a big Lakers fan back then.
0: Okay. We have also Seinfeld debuting in early July. That's the right. Seinfeld Chronicles. All right. Uh, Moving into pop culture, unless do you have any history there?
1: Oh, I was just gonna say, uh, in '89, that's when Pete Rose was uh, banned by baseball, yeah, for gambling. Right.
0: Okay, Batman gets released, mm-hmm. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade gets released. It's movie time right now, actually. So, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama go on uh, their first date. What movie did they
1: see? Indiana Jones, no, Batman, no. Dead Poet Society. Catch your turn.
2: Is it from the list that you said, or is it
1: just any it's, movie? It's just any movie. From oh, in '89. 89. Yeah,
0: it's a very important political.
1: Oh, okay. Movie. I know which one it is now, but I've guessed seven times already.
2: Uh oh, I don't know. '89. I can't. Mm. I can't even think. I'm. I'm drawing a blank.
1: Captain Ron. <laughs> <laughs> Do the
0: right thing. Spike Lee joint. Oh, right. right thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay.
1: But Captain Ron was an important movie. I, yeah. I don't think it was 89, but yeah, it was Yeah, that nearly de-
0: movie. destroyed both Russell and Short's career. Yeah. Okay. Did we talk Dead Poet Society coming out? No. Okay, Dead Poet Society. There's another little one called Field of Dreams, Frank. You heard of that one?
1: I have a vague idea. I thought that was 88, though. No,
0: nope, Field of Dreams,
2: 89. Okay, cut that out that I don't know what you That's the one where Pete Rose got suspended yeah. for throw, throwing the 1919 <laughs> World
0: Series. That's right. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. Um, License to Kill comes out that year. Ghostbusters 2, we've already talked about that. Yeah. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Lethal Weapon 2. Cyborg. Kickboxer. <laughs> Deadcom. Dream Team. Major League. Say Anything. Pet Cemetery. Red Scorpion. Hear No Evil. See No Evil. Got that reversed. Roadhouse. Oh. No Holds Barred featuring Hulk Hogan. Yep. Star Trek 5, Worst of all the Star Treks. The Karate Kid Part Three, worst of all the Karate Kids. UHF, best Weird Al Yankovic movie so far. Yes. And Turner and Hooch
2: still cry about that Turner one. Turner and Hooch. There you go. Yeah, because so so you had Bobby Brown on the Ghostbusters, but then you had Prince on the Batman. So big, right, yeah. big yeah. movie albums Soundtrack, that year.
1: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: In TV, Dynasty ends its run. Or should I say, ends its dynasty. (laughs) Moonlighting ends, a show they talk about that I never have watched. No. Miami Vice ends its run. And Family Ties ends its run. Oh, wow. All in May of 1989. Okay, if you were wearing jeans at the time, what type of
2: jeans would you be wearing? Do you mean acid wash or fly type? Because button fly acid, acid wash? Yeah. Exactly. Jordash. <laughs> I don't even know
1: what that is. Jordash jeans, I think.
2: Or 501s. It had to be the Levi. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Acid wash, 501s. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Chart history. Okay. Let's see what... I think we have some... I got single chart information. So, in America... This makes it to number three. Number four was Rock On by Michael Damian of Young and the Wrestling. Oh, my goodness. Oh, okay, yeah. Buffalo Stance by Nana Cherry was number five, but on its way up. Yeah. Number two, I'll Be Loving You Forever by New Kids on the Block. Okay. Do you know what number one was? A song that would never reach number one nowadays. No. Wind Beneath My Wings, Bette Midler. Oh, okay, yeah. That makes sense. Billboard Hot 100. And Canada, a little different. We had number one was Rock On, was number one in okay. Canada. Number two, Forever Your Girl, Paul Abdul. Soldier of Love by Donny Osmond, which I've never heard, but was high on both charts. Oh, okay. And then Pop Singer by John Cougar Mellencamp. Canadians love JCM. Yeah. Ugh. Everlasting Love, Howard Jones. Okay. Okay. And then Every Little Step was number 12. That was the highest oh, we wow. reached in Canada. In Canada. Holy which shocked me. Yep. I have another category that I okay. made up today while sitting outside. I'm going to give you some of the most audacious Bobby Brown claims.
1: And we have to pick which is the most audacious?
0: Yeah, I think so. Okay. All right. He taught Michael Jackson how to moon dance. Okay. Was, we'll call it number one. Yeah, These are claims that he... he yeah. They, he, don't he he they don't have to Things be substantiated. They don't have to be substantiated. Some it. are actively unsubstantiated as in they're not true right right for example the moonwalk one not true he was taught by that by jeffrey daniels of Shalimar, not of dumb and dumber (laughs) so put that out there okay that's so that's number one number two he had sex with a ghost while he was with whitney houston when they started dating she was dating eddie murphy at the time and he was dating janet jackson at the time that's another claim okay and then the fourth most audacious claim is that he's not a bad boy.
1: I think that would be the most audacious claim, uh, e- even more than the the ghost sex and the, uh, the the moonwalking one.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. He had other things that just were kind of mean spirited. I didn't want to put him in, but uh, you yeah. can you can look them up by just writing "crazy claims" by Bobby Brown. <laughs> uh, all right, here's one we haven't talked about for a while. Where would you most likely hear this in public? At a Bobby Brown
2: concert. (laughs) True. I think that would be very possible. (laughs) I could see this at a grocery store. This is a grocery store music. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But not the rap version because... No. No.
2: That's too hardcore.
1: Yeah.
0: I have in-between innings at a baseball game.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think it would work.
1: Yeah. That
0: and Technotronic. They're just going to keep playing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And they always love, at least the Jays games, they love to play Weird Al Yankovic's I Lost on Jeopardy, Baby. Oh, serious? Yeah. Jeez. I just know that. Sixth inning. I'm going to hear I Lost (laughs) on Jeopardy.
1: (laughs) Hallmark movie? Possible or not possible? I think it's possible because of the the um, sort of theme of the song is like really falling for a girl, right?
2: Yeah. Maybe during the credits because the girl has been won. It's a Hallmark movie, right? So, it's the happy ending. The girl's been won and then you've got that upbeat thing as the credits roll.
0: That works. I was going to originally say just because of Bobby Brown's history of Whitney Houston, it just kind of leaves it off the table. But I like the idea of redeeming it for a Hallmark movie. I mean, he does have a TV series called Every Little Step. But... This seems more like a... every so, little twelve step.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so every little twelve step I take.
0: <laughs> Frank, any other categories? No,
1: I have no other categories.
0: Well, we're
1: gonna mixtape this thing. Let's do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish off because really, well, I keep stealing everybody else's all the time.
2: You should finish I, off. This is. And for the folks at home, you did not see when he listed his New Jack Swing. There was no reference to a note in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. Yeah. This is you were you were made for this moment, Frank. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. I don't so have my much. My mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have much to offer. I will just say I'll make I'll keep it short and simple. Anything by Bib DeVoe, anything by Paula Abdul, to me fits in this genre.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: All
0: right. Now I made two versions anticipating you stealing mine, Frank. So okay. I I'm i s I'm gonna let you have the sophomore slump.
1: Oh, so alright. Yeah. So um and I have a number of one number that I have crossed off in, in, in my list here, but um, this is what I've decided on. What a man. Okay salt and pepper. Feels good, tony tony tone. Mm-hmm. Straight up, Paul Abdul. That's uh, sort of piggybacking off of Kitsch a little bit. I Want Her, Keith Sweat. Just Got Paid, Johnny Kemp. Um, It's No Crime by Babyface. And then we are finishing it off with Rub You the Right Way by Johnny Gill. Of New Edition. Of New Edition. Yeah, Yeah. so Johnny Gill took over for Bobby Brown when, when he left. That
0: is a huge mixtape, and both with the stature of the people in there and the length. How many songs did you just name off? Seven. Okay, wow. Okay. That's a new record. Okay. <laughs> I went a bit goofier. Okay. I Went make... Weird Al, eh? Yeah. I went with songs about steps. <laughs> okay. So, I'll give you mine. It would begin with Every Little Step, of course, followed by Step by Step, New Kids on the Block. Then Steps by Haim, Steppin' Out by Joe Jackson, I'm Not Your stepping Stone by The Monkees. And I also had Steppin' Out With My Baby by Fred Astaire, just to destroy the whole flow. (laughs) I had some alternatives thinking you'd pick Steps. Oh, okay. Mine was Every Little Songs. Oh, okay. So, there's this one, and then Every Little Thing She Does Is Magic. By the police, yep. yes, just in case you're wondering which version. Oh, I gotcha. Every Little Kiss by Bruce Hornsby, Every Little Tear by Canadian theologian Paul Jans, which is not available on Spotify, but I will play the snippet from YouTube just because I need to.
1: Yeah. Those are my mixtapes. Well, that's uh, yeah. I just I just went straight with the uh, with the feel, the texture of the song. So yeah. When I put this up
0: in the show notes, I'm gonna have a separate one for YouTube because it has such a good vibe, and then I have my goofy one gotcha. that I will put in. And then we will compare likes. So far, we have zero zero on all the other mixtapes. So we'll see how we do what, on
1: what these is ones. Why does no one like our mixtapes? Do you remember making mixtapes for people?
2: Yeah. Oh, man. And, it, it was a big deal. Oh, yeah. Like, it was a part of your identity when into those things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If it's a girl, like, oh, my goodness. it labor over that for, for like weeks or at least a day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, and i was always trying to find ways just like, it's like, I got to get her to like toe the wet sprocket. So I got to put, <laughs> so, what song is going to fit on this mixtape? None of them. Ah, this one's going
0: to have to work. Did you make cover art for your mixtapes?
1: uh yes actually i did Sometimes. once we got into the
0: cd era yeah i did yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. okay like because you can do the cover art from just like having the album covers or you could create something oh
1: yeah i I'd, I'd, I'd created a uh, um cd art when i when, like because it was all digital right so. right
0: because before then would you use any of your scrapbooking um scissors and glue or did you just stick that to the scrapbook no I found the
1: sparkles got caught up too much with the the media that it was being played on so it just it was for the best not to
0: It has been a pleasure to have Dave Kitchen join us for the eighth time, which is a world record for Bill and Frank's guilt-free pleasures.
1: Yeah, I think anything over two is actually a record.
2: Well, I'm here, fellas, you know, so as they say, ninth time's a charm.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we want to thank uh, Dave for for coming out and and, uh, and everyone else for listening, and uh, we just know that with every little step that we take, that you will be there. Every little step that we take, we'll be together.
0: Thank you for listening to Bill and Frank's guilt-free pleasures.